Good morning. It's good to see all of you this morning. And uh, Reagan, it's it's me this morning, not Pastor Jeff, but that's okay. Um, but anyways, just so you know, uh, Pastor Jeff is still not just simply rejoicing over the Ohio State victory, um, but that he is in fact using this time to really prepare um, his heart and really listen to God to know what to um, what to bring to the congregation um, in this new year. And so uh, keep him in prayer as he as he discerns uh, the message that God has for us as a church. I do want to just share with you before I get started a couple of good good news. And I really believe it is worthy of a testimony to God. Because the fact of the matter is, uh, I don't know if you pay any attention at all to the bottom of the bulletin, which describes the giving that takes place throughout the course of the year. As far as I know, and I'm not, um, uh, that this is the first, 2020 is the first year, at least that I'm aware of in the 12 years that I've been here, that our income has actually exceeded our general budget for the year. Okay? Now... We have never finished in the red. We've always been in the black, but it's usually been our income has been less and our, our expenses have been even lesser than that. But in this pandemic year, our giving actually exceeded um, our proposed budget. And I really believe that's a testimony to what God is doing in your lives and in our lives together. And I believe it, it really uh, speaks highly for this coming year, uh, it also means that we have a tremendous responsibility and a tremendous gift that we have to be stewards of in this time. I also want to let you know one other thing, and that is that uh, uh, through the Christmas Eve offering, uh, we are just under $500 of funding those 12 scholarships for uh, the students in the Moran Academy, and we are so th excited and thrilled about that. And um, you know, we, 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 we can say beyond any of shadow doubt that those first 12 students will be sponsored by North Olmstead Friends Church. And more than just that sponsorship, we are looking forward to developing uh, a relationship with them. And I know that uh, Martin had just posted on the internet that uh, uh, they have uh, built the water tank and they actually now have running water through at three or four different locations on the property. And uh, there's a lot of hooping and hollering and, uh, uh, for, for when that day took place. And so uh, supposedly uh, the school will be kicking off tomorrow. And so we want to keep that also in prayer. I don't know about you, but in my family and probably for many of us, We've already begun, if not completely, put Christmas 2020 away. Matter of fact, most of us probably want to put the entire year away. Um, there's a little bit of a constant battle that goes on my, in my house because I like to continue to keep the Christmas music going a little bit longer. And of course, this year was a little bit unique for us in that we did have all six of our kids together on Christmas for a few hours at least. The snow and, and other things kind of uh, played, played with us, but uh, it, was, it was a great time, and yet all, by Monday morning, the house was as quiet as could be. 
But the reality is, is the Christmas season by the church history does not end until January 6th. 12 days after Christmas, hence the 12 days of Christmas. A day which we call epiphany, which means manifestation or revelation. And the reality that on Christmas, God revealed himself through Jesus to the world. An epiphany is often a time when we, the church, reflect upon the story of the Magi or the wise men in Matthew 2, and we're going to do that this morning. When one considers the story of the Magi or the wise men, the focus is often on the gifts that they bring, and the reality is today I'm not going to even talk about that at all. The reason being, though, that I'm not going to talk about it because these men were the first and the last group of men ever invited to a baby shower. For some reason, their gifts were not thought to be practical and very useful. So let's begin this year once again with a story. And let's ask God for a fresh message for our lives this morning. So would you stand with me as we read Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 15. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of, time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet had written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I may too go and worship him. And they had heard the king, and after they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them again until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. And on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him the gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to the Herod, they returned to their country by another route. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child and to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, out of Egypt. I called my son. May God bless us in the understanding of his precious word this morning. You may be seated. 
whatever 2020 has been for you, I want to declare to you these words. Over you and for you from Paul in Romans chapter 8, verses 28 to 29. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose, to be conformed to the image of his Son. In the midst of the work that God has been doing, the story of the wise men invites us to ask three important spiritual questions for our lives as we journey into 2021. And it is those three questions that I want to ask you this morning. And I want us to think about them, and ultimately you're going to need to answer them for your lives as we begin 2021. And the first question is this, what am I leaving behind? What do we see when we consider the picture of the wise men traveling from the east to see the Christ child? We see camels. We see men sitting on them or walking beside them. We see men dressed in some sort of elaborate clothing. We see them carrying gifts of gold and frankincense. But I want us to think for a moment what we don't see. We don't see what they have left behind to travel from probably uh, the area of Persia to come to see the Christ child. They did not pack up their entire home and bring it with them. Though many scholars believe that there were more than three, in fact, there was probably a caravan of sorts, similar to the way Queen Sheba came to see King Solomon in the Old Testament. But I can guarantee you this, they did not bring their entire wardrobe of clothes with them. They did not bring everything in their house with them, even if they brought their family with them, and that we don't even know. They took what they needed, and they left behind everything else for their journey. In other words, they realized that they could not have everything for their journey, and they had to leave things behind. And this reality gives us a very important question. What is it from 2020 that we need to leave behind and not take with us into 2021? Now, having grown up in New England and now in Northeast Ohio, I grew up knowing that the winter months, you must always be prepared. In the event of getting stranded in the cold weather, it was, in, it was imperative that you, in your, whether it be the back of your car or in the trunk of your car, that you had extra things like hats and gloves and blankets and sweatshirts and maybe an extra jacket just in case you got stranded. I vividly remember the blizzard of 1978 and cars were all stranded all over the highways around Boston, okay? And I wondered how many of them had appropriately packed stuff in their trunk. Of course, I often joke with my wife Elizabeth because of how much stuff she has in the back of her trunk or the back of her car. So much so I often wonder where we're going to put the groceries, 
But you know what? It's great because it doesn't matter what season it is, and it is truly in every season, the back end of her vehicle is a mini closet. She's always prepared. And I'm afraid to confess that I believe that my youngest daughter, Anna, is picking up her trend by the way her back seat looks like in her car. You know, I'll never forget traveling to Denver, Colorado with five of our children. Uh, Sharon had gone off to college and we had the opportunity, we, we had to go to Colorado for uh, her father's wedding. Um, and so we packed the car and do I mean we packed the car? Have you ever gone on a family trip and wondered if you ever left anything behind? We, now, we drove, we packed the car, and we drove to Detroit, because with five kids, I wanted a direct flight to Denver. And when we arrived in Denver, we had to rent this big Ford Expedition in order to fit everything and everyone into the car. You know, back, that was probably almost 20 years ago, and so you know how much bigger those cars were back then. But the reality is we had to make choices about what we were taking and what we were leaving behind. You know, over the past nine months, there have been many things that we have taken for granted that have become a part of our regular routine that we've had to stop doing. And for a while, many of, and for many of us, our lives have slowed down, possibly even to a crawl. And I believe that God is working even in the midst of all of that because he wants to strip away all the things that are not truly uh, important in his eyes. He wanted us to cease from doing things that drew us away from him. Since September, one of my favorite songs is from a worship leader by the name of John Wilds, and I was hoping to be able to play it today, but he actually has not released the song for, the, the, for us to be able to, to play it. But he wrote a song which you can hear on any of the music platforms, and it's called Strip It All Away. It speaks to the heart that, uh, that desires and the need to leave things behind. Just one small snippet of that song says, I'm letting go, I'm giving in. Jesus, I surrender. I'm breaking free from everything just to be with you again. I'm no longer tied to what can't satisfy. So strip it all away. So what has God been stripping away? In your life? What is God asking you not to bring into 2021? Luke in his gospel tells us that when Jesus sent out the 72 in pairs to places where he was going to go shortly after, before sending them out, Jesus said these words, carry no money bag, no knapsack, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. They were going with a purpose to declare the kingdom of God. And Jesus told them, there are things you need to leave behind in order for the kingdom of God to be declared. Do you realize 
that we often carry a lot of extra baggage in our lives? Paul put it this way to the church in, 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 in to the Colossian church. But now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Paul said to the Corinthian church, flee from all idolatry. I can't answer the question for you. But as God calls us into 2021, what is he telling each of you to leave behind for the journey that is ahead? Which leads me to the second question. I believe that the story of the wise men um, produces for us and one that we must answer for our lives. And that question is simply, what is the purpose of my journey. From the very beginning of the story, we learn that the purpose for them, we learn what the purpose is for the Magi in their journey. Upon coming to Jerusalem, they declared, Where is he who is born the king of the Jews? For we have seen his star when it rose, and we have come to what? Worship him. There fundamental purpose for the journey was to be in the presence of the king and to worship him. They made the long journey. They left many things behind. They brought what they needed, which was really just a few gifts to worship Jesus. And I can only imagine the conversation excitement that must have taken place throughout the journey that took months and months to complete. I'm sure it didn't look like the typical family car trip where every 15 minutes you heard the words, are we there yet? As we journey into 2021, it is fundamentally important that we be reminded that our basic goal is to worship Jesus. That's our purpose. The Westminster Catechism or Confession, a basic Christian document that has guided the church for centuries. The short version of it provides answers to 107 questions. The long version provides answers to 196 questions. And the document's first question is this. What is the chief end? Of man or humanity? And the answer is humanity's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. To glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. Therefore, when we start thinking about what our purpose in 2021 should be, it should begin with to glorify God and enjoy Him. But what does that practically look like? For that, I turn to the words of Jesus when he reminds us of what the greatest commandment is. And he says these words, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and the first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. 
It is vital that we pour our time, our attention, our energy into getting this right. To worship God, to glorify him, is to love Jesus with every fabric of our being. And it is willing, it is the willingness to ask Jesus in everything that we do and everything that we say, am I loving you completely? Now, are you and I going to do this perfectly? Of course not. If you're like me, you may often find yourself questioning yourself. Anybody like that? But that does not mean that it should ever escape our radar. Similarly, we need to be on the constant watch for opportunities to love others. One year ago, I never had on my radar spending hours each week with the homeless. Yet in the midst of this pandemic, when I couldn't visit hospitals and nursing homes, God opened wide the doors to be outside with some of the most wonderful, content people I have ever met on Friday afternoons and Saturday mornings through Fresh Start and the Bridge Street Outreach. Through the pandemic, for the first time, Elizabeth and I, and especially my wife Elizabeth, have gotten to know every neighbor on our street. You know, our lives should be like a strainer. In other words, that the love that God pours in us needs to flow back out of us. The love that God pours in us needs to flow back out of us. You know, Paul put it this way to the Colossian church. Whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. One of the things that I love about the Westminster Confession is that the declaration of glorifying God and enjoying him are intricately tied together. You can't have one without the other. Loving God and loving others is glorifying God. And enjoying God is loving God and loving others. We cannot truly enjoy God in glorifying him if we are not loving him with every fabric of our being and we are loving others. Remember, God is pouring into us so that it, his love can flow through us into our lives. And in a day in which we are to be wearing masks and have social distance, I believe there are still opportunities that abound to love on others if we listen to God's voice and spirit at work in our lives. You know, it may simply be for those that are, are more confined to the home. Maybe it's making phone calls to your neighbors, to people in the church. Maybe it's writing letters, sending emails. Maybe it's really making a conscious effort to pray for people and to, le to let them know that you're praying for them. 
But just because we're in the midst of a pandemic doesn't mean that we stop loving God and loving others. How else will the world know that Christ is born and he is alive if we're not loving him and loving others? So what are you going to do to intentionally and purposely love God and love others? You know, one of the things that I did is I've gone back to old school. I have a planner now. Okay, because things don't inevitably end up on my, on my phone or on, you know, on, on my calendar. And on the front of this cover, you can't see it, but I wrote, glorify God and enjoy him. So that that is a daily reminder that that is my purpose. Go put it in your car. Go put it on your mirror that you look at every morning but while you get ready for work. Put it on your dining room table. Glorify God and enjoy him. Which leads us to the third question. What or who am I following? The story of the Magi tells us that they followed a star to find the Christ child, the one who was born king of the Jews. With a clear purpose in mind to worship the newborn king, they followed a star. But you know what? The star alone never got them to Bethlehem. It first got them to Jerusalem. But the word of God got them to Bethlehem. And I want you to see that. Matthew 2, verses 3 and 4 say, When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem was with him which suggests that more than three guys showed up in town if the entire city was an uproar. And that he assembled all the chief priests and the scribes, the religious leaders, and he inquired of them where Christ was to be born. What is amazing about this story is that the chief priests and scribes who were assembled by Herod to find out about the one who was born to be king of the Jews. It was the scribes and the Pharisees that quoted the Old Testament scripture from Micah 5.2, O Bethlehem of Epiphrath, but do you realize the scribes and the Pharisees, those religious leaders who studied the prophecies of of the Messiah, never left the comfort of Jerusalem to check out the fulfillment of those words? They never left Jerusalem. Back to the Westminster Confession for a moment. Question two. What rule has God given to direct us how we may glorify and enjoy him? The answer, the word of God, which is contained in the scriptures of the Old and New Testament, is the only rule to direct us how we may glorify and enjoy him. The word of God. 
David says in, in the wonderfully long psalm of Psalm 119, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. So as you journey, as you walk through 2021, is the word of God going to be the lamp for your feet and the light for your path? It is the scriptures that ultimately got the wise men to the Christ child. And it ought to be the scriptures that get us through 2021. And so my question to you this morning is will you allow God's word to speak to you? Will it be a daily priority to let God's word nourish your life? Will you let the word who became flesh, whose name is Jesus, be your shepherd and your guide? I want you to consider this for a moment. How many chapters are there in the book of Matthew? 28. How many chapters are in the book of Mark? Huh? How many? 16. Okay. How many chapters are in the book of Luke? How many? How many? 24. Okay, now the Gospel of John has how many? 21. Okay, so what's, what's 28, 24, uh, what's 28, 16, 24, and 21 equal? Who's the mathematician? No. It's 89. Okay, now, here's, here's, here was what is so awesome and so cool, and I just, you know, I, I, I enjoy when God kind of does these things or points them out to me. Okay, January 6th is Wednesday, right? Okay, if on Wednesday, the day of Epiphany, the day in which the, we celebrate the revelation and the manifestation of God's love that became flesh in the life of Jesus... If on January 6th, we start reading Matthew chapter 1 and we read a chapter of, the, of a day and go through all four Gospels, guess what day we'll finish reading all four Gospels? Easter Sunday. Isn't that awesome? If we all start on Wednesday, and so this is what I'm encouraging you to do. And let's do it together as a church. Starting Wednesday, we're going to start with Matthew 1, and we're going to go through the book of Matthew. Then we're going to go through the book of Mark, and then we're going to go through the book of Luke. One chapter, once, one a day. And together, let's read the entire, all four Gospels over the next 89 days, 89 chapters, and we will finish it on Easter. And let the word that became flesh dwell in our hearts and our lives together. Now, Pastor Jeff hasn't heard that before, and so I hope he's listening, or I know he will listen. <laughs> but you know what I'm going to start doing on Wednesday? 
Will you join me? Three questions. What am I leaving behind? What is my purpose? Who am I following? I believe what happens to the Magi and Joseph and Mary and Jesus after their moment together is indeed a prophetic reminder for each one of us. The Magi were warned in a dream not to return the same way, but to go another route. Joseph and Mary and Jesus were warned to flee Egypt, and their obedience saved their lives. God doesn't want us to go through this pandemic and get on the other side so that our lives may return to normal. He doesn't want it that way. God wants us to go through the pandemic so that our lives will be transformed more and more into the likeness of his son so that as he pours his love in us and through us, it goes through us so that the world may know that Jesus is truly Savior and Lord. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, I am so grateful and thankful for your presence in 2020. I am so thankful that I can declare, as the author of Hebrews declared, that you are the anchor of my soul. And Father, as we begin our journey in 2021, Would you speak to each of our hearts? Remind us what we need to leave behind or get rid of. Would you plant in the depths of our hearts that purpose to glorify you and enjoy you? by loving you with all of our being and loving others too. And may the word of God be our guide throughout the coming year. Father, we ask all these things in the precious powerful and transforming name of Jesus, our Savior and our Lord. Amen.